ahead and jump in. Let's turn to 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. And I'll tell you, the notes are online, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of scriptures, and this is not all of them. This is not even close to all of them. You're going to find out that God says a ton about you walking in abundance and in financial abundance all throughout the Word. You know why? Because His character and His nature is abundant excessive. It's who he is. That is the character and nature of God. And you're going to see some scriptures you didn't know. You're going to see some scriptures you did know and go, well, golly, look at there. It was there the whole time. You know, now we just need to get it inside of us. We need to get whatever God says, whether we like it or not, we need to get whatever he says, get that thing written on our heart, so that we become more like Him. And that way, you know, the Word says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so when we go into the Word and find out what God says, uh, all of a sudden we start breaking free. Well, in Jesus' name, let your finances today be broken from debt and let the freedom of God's abundance come into your life. Amen? 3 John 1-2 says this, Beloved, now this is the Holy Spirit talking through John, and he says, Beloved, now is he talking to you? Are you beloved of God? Yeah, even if you don't know him, he loves you, and he wants you to know him. So he's talking to anybody that would receive it. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. That you'll prosper. Now who's saying this? Who's writing this? John is. And who is inspiring what John writes? The Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So who is saying this? God is. And who's he saying it to? Say me. Me. Make it personal. He's saying it to me. Above everything, I want you prosperous and in health even as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. In other words, as you get into this Word and you find out more and more about the Lord, what you're going to find is that God wants you to prosper. And as you get that in your mind and you get that in your heart, then that is what will come out. Will you, will you uh, walk in consistent overflow and blessings if you don't have it written in your heart and you're not applying faith and expectation to it? Nope, sure won't. You'll, you'll go a little bit, the devil eats eat your lunch, then you'll go a little bit. Then sometimes we find out that God wants that stuff for us and the devil, because the seed of the word was sown in us, he comes to steal that word, affliction, persecution. What's he trying to get you off of? He's trying to get you off of that word, off of that promise. So you just look that affliction and persecution in the face and say, you know what, you can send all you want to, but I'm going to trust God's word. God said it, I believe it, that's it. Amen. That settles it. There's an old saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I'm standing on it, I'm not letting go. See, we gotta get, we got to get some tenacity in us. we got to get to the place where we don't let go of God's stuff, no matter what comes our way. See, a lot of times the devil's been eating our lunch because, you know, we'll see something. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Preacher. Woo. Yeah. Good message. And then we'll walk out. The devil send affliction, persecution. We're like, oh, I'm run home. You know, and we run home because we got to stick to what he says. Now, just as one scripture right here, it wraps up the whole message. If you just get a hold of it like a child, we're done. Amen. I'm going to give you more scriptures anyway. But if you'll do it, we'll be done. All right, Beloved, above all things, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Second Corinthians 9.8. It says, And God is able to make all grace. Now, grace is unmerited favor, and it is the empowering of God to make the blessing work in your life. God is able to make how much grace? Everything you need. Abound to, say me, me. to me. So that always, that means there's never a point where it's not there. 
always having all sufficiency in everything. It's like he's trying to include everything that, that the devil could question. He's trying to include it all. Always in everything, all sufficiency, all grace. He's just, I mean, he's just absolute about a bunch of stuff right here. He's covering it all. No place, no time, no any place, no time, nothing that you're ever going to find that God's not willing to get all grace abounding to you. So that always having sufficiency in everything. Now this is very, very important. And that's why I put this scripture first. So that you may have an abundance for every good deed. God has two priorities in getting abundance to you. Two of them, right? One is to be a blessing to you. And the other priority is to get a blessing through you. Okay? Now, he can't get a blessing through you if you're not receiving the blessing for you. And so what the devil does, if he can't you know, keep you away from Jesus, he starts looking at trying to pull back different parts. And he can't, if he can't get you to stop being a giver, then he, what he does is he tries to start being, getting you to the place where you put on some false humility. It's like, well, you know, I got enough for me, uh, me and my four and no more. We're, we're good. We're paying our bills. You know that's one of the most selfish things you can ever say because you have all grace abounding in everything. You have that potential, you have that talent, and you just buried every bit of your faith. That's the testimony that gets up to heaven and God says, you wicked servant. You had everything that Christ paid for, the ability to step into all grace that abounds in every place all the time, and you just said, well, if I'm taken care of, that's all right. That is selfish. And you can see why the church is not walking in abundance because they're trying to be humble, but they listen to somebody preach the wrong thing about humility. And it's not humility at all because humility is taking what God says and saying, I will humble myself to this. See, I can stand up here all day long and I can preach to you. I don't want you to believe what I say. Now, if I'm doing my job, I should point you here. But you should then take what I say, you should find it in this word, and then you believe that. I'm not going to tell you ever to humble yourself more to what I say than what the word says or what God says. But see, a lot of times people will preach their opinion. That's why today I just want to give you scripture. Now, it says, listen, here's the thing. See, a lot of people when they, when they get up there, you got to understand, why is he bringing a blessing on you? Well, a lot of times people will say, well, the only reason he'll bring a blessing is because he wants to bless other people. That's not true. He loves you. He wants to give you richly all things to enjoy. These are scriptures, right? He wants to bless you. He loves you. He says to Abraham that you're blessed to be a blessing, that through you all the nations, all the people groups of the world will be blessed. It's a part of God's original plan. But he says, you will be blessed. I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And through you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. See, we need to say, man, did God say that? And then over in Galatians, that was to Abraham. In Galatians 3, it says this, that you are, when we receive Christ, we are blessed with faithful Abraham. So the same blessing that God put on Abraham, and if I'm going to read this word and believe it, that is the same blessing that is on me. That is the same blessing that is on you. So now we've got to humble ourselves or not humble ourselves. We've got to say, oh no, that's for somebody else and I'm fine. That is not humbling yourself to God. Humbling yourself to God is saying, He blessed Abraham and now I need to step into that humbly and receive what it, what it is. Because if you don't receive that, you're not going to be walking in what this verse is talking about, all sufficiency and everything, so that you may have an abundance for every good deed. See, what he's trying to get into your hands is an abundance for every good deed, and he just wants to love on you too. It's both of those things. It, there's a dual purpose in it. And he's good with either one, but he wants both of them for you. Amen? This is, an, this is an awesome thing. I mean, you can just read these two scriptures and it solves that issue. 
Now, and now you've got some people that they'll say they just want to believe God for everything and all they're thinking about is themselves. Well, they're off base. They're off base. It's not just all about you. But God does love you and wants to bless you. I've seen people completely messing up. I mean, just, in my opinion, doing totally wrong things, and I still see God blessing them. Is that biblical? Well, the Word says He reigns on the just and the unjust, right? It didn't say that He stopped the rain from the unjust. He says any, and what He's saying is through the person that's blessed, He reigns on everybody. And the Lord really does love us all, and if He had a choice in it, He's given that choice to us. But if He had a choice in it, we'd all be blessed. We'd all be in overflow. Why? Because He loves us. I've seen people completely messing up and God just pour out a blessing on it. And there was a time when I was like, Lord, you and I need to have a talk. And I need to know what's going on in this situation. Why They are messing up. Why are you loving on them? He's like, I love you. I love them. Just because they're messing up doesn't mean I don't want to get a blessing to them. Just think about this. Think about a parent whose child is now grown and now they're messing up and got thrown in jail and all kinds of stuff. Does that parent want to all all of a sudden just like, I don't love them anymore, you know? No. The one that's got any love in their heart goes, I wish they'd clean their act up. And if I could be a blessing to them, I would. If I could help them, I would. If I could take their place and let them just think the way I think, I would do that. Where do you think that parent got that from? That, that's love, even through the corruption of flesh. The purity of that love is based with God. He just wants to be a blessing to his people. Amen. Faith rising in you already? Amen. Good, good. All right, so now let's just go into these. I want to talk to you first. What does God say concerning money systems? What is, because there's money systems, and that's really what we're talking about. And let me explain it in this way. There's a world's way of dealing with money, and then there's God's way. They're totally separate, and you can choose one or the other. But you can't choose both. It isn't, and that's a lot of times our problem. We're trying to operate in, one, in both systems at the same time. It does not work that way. If you choose both, you're choosing the world. You either got to choose God's or choose the world's, but you can't choose both. And this is what he says. Let's turn to Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 13. It says this. Here's the first thing. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing. Not just a little thing, but a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? If you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, in the King James, you knew this word as being God and mammon, right? Mammon, that word there represents the world's way of handling money. The world's system. Okay, that's what that means right there is the world system. So you can't serve God and serve the world system. Well, we know that on a sin basis, but what we're talking about right here specifically is a money system. And here's the other thing. What is he calling a very little thing? Money. In other words, what God's saying, see, there's a lot of people, they want to be strong in the Lord. They want to lay hands on people and see them recover. They want to be walking in the great anointings and the great power of God. They want to be walking in all this. And basically what God says here is, you don't get your money straightened out. How are you going to walk in true riches? Those are very little riches. And then he says this too. He says, if you won't be faithful with somebody else's, how will you be faithful with your own? Well, what's he talking about? 
He's talking about, I've given you the ability to command wealth in God's system for the kingdom purposes. And he says basically this, if you're not going to learn how to grow up in the little things of money and command the money system on behalf of my kingdom, how am I going to be able to give you something? How am I going to be able to give you, you know, uh, an extra $100,000 if you don't know what purpose it serves? That's what he's saying. How can I get true wealth to you? How am I going to give you an intangible power of God, a resurrection power of God, and, and then expect you not to use it to get money? See, you've got to understand that money is the small thing, and we need to get on top of that. We need to get that under control in our lives, in our minds, and in our hearts. And the truth is, I, I, in my experience, the truth is, we have done such a poor job in the church with money. And, you know, what's the evidence of that? Well, you know, we asked a few weeks ago, I said, how many people got some stuff to get out of debt? You know, pretty much, 90, at least 90% of the people raised their hand, right? Well, what does that mean? You just said you can't serve two masters. And there's a scripture that we're about to read uh, a little bit later on and says basically that the lender or the borrower serves the lender. In other words, if you're in debt, are you serving God or are you serving uh, the lender? That's, that's Bible. So how can you be about serving God when you've got ties to debt over here? So see, if we don't... If we don't you know, learn how to operate in the very little thing of money, then how are we going to operate in the bigger things that God's called us to? Do you know some of, the, some of the vision and the mission that God has called us to do? I mean, we are supposed to be ruling and reigning in some of these cities now, not just in the sweet by and by. How are we going to command? You know, just the, the uh, budget here in this town is, is multi-million dollars. You know, yeah, I would say it's millions of dollars. If we don't understand how to command our own, you know, $50,000 income, $100,000 income, how are we going to know how to do that? See, we're supposed to be moving in an authority and a ruling and reigning according to the description of the church. And we could, that's another message. But we're supposed to be doing that. How are we going to do that if we don't even understand the, the principles of God's money system or what He wants us to do? All right. We'll go on. What does he say about the money system? Deuteronomy 8.18 But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you the power to make wealth. Why? That He may confirm His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Who gives the power to make wealth? God does. God does. Now see, I would say that we've been taught that the power to get wealth is in education. It's in what side of the tracks you were born on. See, that's the world system. Completely opposite to this scripture right here. It is God who gives the power to get wealth. Isn't it nice to know that? And isn't it nice to know He's on your side? Amen. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. Let's look at Deuteronomy 13, 19. It says this, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today uh, that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. See, we have this choice set before us today. And I, I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm going to be moving through these scriptures today. If you try to find them all, you're going to, you're going to fall behind. Just, <laughs> just take the notes, go home and look them up when you get home, and we'll have them on the screen for you. It'll make it a lot easier for you because I want you to hear what I'm saying more than I want you to turn the pages today. <coughs> all right, so it says this, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I'm, he says, basically, I'm setting before you life and death. You need to choose. In case you're wondering, choose the right one is what he says. Choose life. Well, what we're talking about today is 
two money systems. There's a world's money system and a God's money system. Choose one. Choose one. But in case you're wondering, choose God's. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. It works. And He loves you. And the world don't. The world wants your money. The world wants power. The world wants all kinds of stuff. And it wants to push you away from God. And it won't, the world is designed by its father, the devil. You know, the, talking about our corrupted world system, it is designed to draw you away from God. So it'll do all kinds of stuff. That's why we need to learn how to operate in God's system and God's money. Now, when I say that, how many people think they know everything that they need to know about God's system of money? Me either. Because I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing in it. But I'll tell you the truth, I, I, I just got this feeling about the body of Christ. Well, we're barely stepping into it. We're, we got our toe in the water, barely. And we need to dive in. We need to understand. Why? Because God wants the people that will make decisions for Him in control and in power. Period. That's what He wants. He wants somebody that will make decisions that will honor God and worship God in control and in power. And in this world, well, well, we'll get to it. Okay. So we need to choose which system we're going to be. So now let's move to this. What does God say about debt? Matthew 6, 12. Matthew 6, 12. Listen, this is a scripture. You've prayed it before. Talking about the, the Lord's Prayer. And what is, he told us to pray this every day. Every day. And Father, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now this is talking about our sins, it's talking about anything that can be held to our account, including money. As we also forgive others that owe us stuff. This is the heart of God. This is Jesus, this is red letters, saying, look, forgive us our debts. Father, forgive us our debts. Right there, if we're praying that way, should we or should we not be applying faith towards the fact that we are out of debt? Yeah, yeah amen. Amen. Romans 13, 8. This one's, this one's a little, you know, uh, it's, it's a little cloudy, so in case you don't catch it, I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Is that cloudy? You need me to explain that one? <laughs> Owe nothing to anyone except to love them. Now, that, we're not talking about spiritual terms here. <laughs> we're talking finances. This is a commandment. Yeah, and, and I know that we're probably in all the same boat. Either we didn't know that verse was in there or we read by it and we were like, oh, he's talking to somebody else. <laughs> but Because all, almost all of us have gone to that car lot and we're like, how many payments? Okay, that sounds good. That's in my budget. And we just, we just go right into debt, just completely bypassing this. Uh, let me ask you this question. Who's, which system are we choosing right there? Ouch. Which system are we serving? You see? And then we wonder why we're having trouble not moving into abundance, not moving into different things. You know, uh, we're going to be talking about getting out of debt. And you know what? We got some debt to get out of too because we were, we were stupid. We were dumb about some stuff, honestly. And one time we got smart, then we got stupid again. I don't know if y'all have ever been there, but we've been there. And here's the thing. God, this is so plain. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. In other words, this needs to be the direction that we're heading. This needs to be the direction that we're heading. And, and I want you to understand, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. I'm not saying that God cannot tell you to borrow. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we're heading to the place where there is nothing held over our heads at all. And I'm going to tell you why I leave room for that in a minute. But it's not very often that that should happen. But here's what God says about debt. Oh, no man. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Did a Christ come in an anointing for bondage or an anointing for freedom? Freedom. 
So which one does the lender's slave fall under? The, the freedom that Christ paid for or not? It falls under that world system where, and, and see here, the rich rules over the poor. Well, that sounds bad because a lot of times we've not been the rich. But see, if you were the rich with the right heart towards God, that, that verse right there changes. The whole focus of it changes. What if you were the millionaire, the billionaire, and you were setting up rules for the kingdom of God? Right? All of a sudden, that looks different. And it starts, well now, here's what you have a heart for. Let me help get this poor out of this hole and not, not let me keep them in that place and have my power over them. But let me raise them up so that they can become the abundant grace manifested people of God. The blessed people of God. See, that looks different. And that's what our call is to do. Is to bring up everything on the earth to a new level in God. Deuteronomy 15, 1 uh, through 2. This was in the law. And, and here's one of the things. Watch this. A lot of people don't even know this. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a remission of debts. Every seven years. See, God had a system. God knew that people would get into trouble, Right? He knew that the, that the curse that was operating, the corruption that was in their flesh, he knew that they would get into trouble. Well, when they get into trouble and the curse you know, manifests in their life, well, they're going to run into a place where they're probably going to have to borrow some money because of that curse, because of that corruption. But he didn't want them to be under a bondage, in, you know, a slave to the lender for the rest of their life. And so he set this up every seven years. Whoever was loaning, they were supposed to loan. And then every seven years, they had the year of Jubilee was the eighth year. And, and all of a sudden, they would step into newness and all the debt would be wiped out. That's the way God said it. The next verse. It says this, it says, This is the manner of remission. Every creditor shall release what he has loaned to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor and his brother because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. See, God is a debt-forgiving God. God is empowering us to get out of debt so that this little thing called money will not have a bondage on you. Let me read you this, and this is the story I was talking about. 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. Now we're going to, this is a great example of God's system of money. Okay? This is a great example. And I want you to notice that in this story that she borrows something. And this is why I say that it's not that God won't tell you to. But here's the thing. You don't go borrow unless you got a word from the Lord. All right? That, let me say that. You don't go borrow unless you've got a word from the Lord. Because this, this barn was just for a few moments. It did not last long and then she repaid it. She paid back everything. But she had a word from the Lord and that's what changed everything. It says this. What does God say about debt? Now a certain woman of the wives and of the sons of the prophets uh, cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels at a large... This is the word of the Lord coming through Elijah. Go borrow vessels. And listen to what he says. This is important. Go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels, do not get a few. Those are important words. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. And the, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay your debt, so you and your sons can live on the rest. 
In other words, here's what God did. He, he brought about, this is the heart of God. Who empowered this miracle? God did. God empowered this miracle. What well, is the heart of God? I don't want you, you know, under a lender. I don't want you where you're under bondage, taking your kids, making you work for the rest of your life just to pay that stupid Sears charge card forever. You know, umpteen million payments. One day it might be paid off. No, and it's just, but you can just pay this little amount for now. And all you're doing is giving them interest. I, he didn't want that. The heart of God is for you to be free. And listen, free, not just in spiritual areas, but every area. In your body, in your finances, in your mind, in, in every area of your life. Free. 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 That's what the anointing of Christ was for. And he says, look, now what I want you to see here is this. The first thing is, this woman came up to the man of God and said, help me, right? And Elisha says, and this is very important because she was making Elisha her source. And Elisha says, what do you want me to do for you? In other words, he was saying, you need God's help. And we know already, just based off of what we've talked about already, what he was saying is, you need God's system of money at work for you. And then he, the next thing he says is, tell me. And he starts getting her into God's system. He enters her into the system of God. And he says this, what do you have? What do you have in your house? Because have you ever noticed that in God's system, like the first becomes the last, you know, the servant, the lowest, is the greatest of all? And in God's money system, it's like that too. Give so that He can bless you. Give so that He can bless you. It's the same thing here. And it, see, she's about to go into debt. See, now this would be front news headlines today. Like if somebody walked up and they're like, I'm about to get thrown in jail for all my debt. And, and then the preacher goes, well, what you got? But see, that question is a godly question. Because everybody else would be like, well, look at him. He is soaking that poor woman for that. Well, not if he heard from the Lord. And not if the woman listened. She got completely free. And not only that, she lived on the rest. But see, now the devil would try to twist that. And there are people that would do that. They would say, what do you have? And all they're trying to do is fill their pockets. That's why you need to know the fruit of the ministry that you're giving into. You need to know the fruit. That's, that's so important to know their heart. We had a situation earlier today, J.D. and I, or earlier this week, J.D. and I were talking about something, and uh, you've been around for quite some time, and as soon as I asked him a question, I was asking him, and, and you still don't know the fullness of it, but I was asking him a question, and, uh, and the devil instantly came. He's like, look at that. He's just trying to get stuff from you, basically. Everybody, we've all heard that like in our thoughts before, you know. And, uh, and then we actually had the conversation. He was like, Golly, that, he said, what the devil's trying to tell me was you were going this way. He said, you were actually going that way. And I was like, I know, but you just got to gotta look at the fruit and look at the heart of that person in that ministry. So here's him, and he says, he says to this lady who's about to get all her kids locked up and her too, what do you have? Basically, what do you have? What do you have to give? What do you have to sow? What do you have? And look what she says. And it's interesting because she goes, now we're talking about moving into God's system. And she says this, well, nothing except a jar of oil. Well, why'd she say, well, nothing? She had a jar of oil the whole time. It's funny how this spirit of poverty makes us look at what we don't have before we look at what we actually do have. Isn't it interesting? Well, nothing. Save a little bit of oil. Well, why'd you say, well, nothing then? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but see, that's a spirit working against. That's that spirit of poverty that even in their mind will keep people broke. You know, a lot of times people are looking at different things. I know there's been times when we started getting a hold of this, there have been times where we were looking at, Lord, what can I give you? And we had a house full of stuff. 
and we didn't, might not have any money in the bank. And, and so we're like, I don't have anything to give you. And the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, you do. You can give that. You can give that. You can give that. You can sow this. We, we generally have stuff. Remember when Jesus was in the, in the wilderness and he says, you know, praise that all the food gets blessed. And then the miracle, did it happen while he was holding up the basket and loaves and fishes? No, it happened when he put it into the hands of the disciples. That's where the miracle took place. It's the same thing here. See, the miracle is not always going to happen in the man of God's hands. The miracle happens when you take what's in your hands and you present that to the Lord. That's where the miracle happens. This is God's system where it says, hey, here's what I have. So she says, nothing but a jar of oil. And then I want you to notice. So she went out, she borrowed the vessels. Now we know the end of the story. How many vessels should she have borrowed? Every one she could find. Every one she could find. The more she would have borrowed, the more she would have been walking in that abundance. But I wrote this down. As much as she was obedient was as much as she was moved into abundance. If we will learn to get obedient, then we will walk in more of God's blessing. A lot of times we stop short. I remember one time, y'all have heard me tell this story. I was praying about finances and Nicole was going to get a contract. And I prayed, the Lord said, what would you like for her to make? I'm like, ooh, wow. And I thought of a number that was, this was what I really needed. I thought of one a little bit beyond that. And when it came in, it was a little bit above what I asked for. And I'm like, stupid, stupid, stupid. Why didn't Because what I really wanted was more than that. But I was, that was that false humility that's still operating in that world system. You see, we've, we've got to learn how to get obedient. And we've got to learn how to grow our expectation and grow our faith. This has everything to do with finances. Deuteronomy 28.12, what does God say about debt? The Lord will open for you his good storehouse. Now this is talking about the blessing of God in the Old Testament. The blessing of God. And he says, the Lord will open the storehouse for you. The Lord will open the storehouse. This is Old Testament blessings before Jesus. He will open his storehouse the heavens, to give you rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hand, and you shall lend, you, you, you shall lend to many nations, and you shall not borrow. This is Old Testament blessing. Now let me just ask you this question. If this is my budget, if that's my budget, and I'm getting my budget met, how much money is there for me to lend? None. First of all, does God want me in debt so that here's my budget and I'm going backwards? No, he says you won't borrow. But he says, look, in order for you to lend, you're going to have to have some in abundance. This is Old Testament blessing. And yet it's been so ignored. It's Old Testament blessing. There's no way you can become a lender, blessed by God. There's no way you can become a lender without moving and flowing in abundance. Now, I was planning on going into all the, all the verses about abundance. I guess that'll be next time. So next week, we'll have a very special Christmas service. And then the week after that, we'll be moving back into the series. You're going to be moving into this getting out of debt and, and receiving the abundance of God. But what I want, let me read you this verse and then we'll cover a couple of things. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, we already read it. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Not just a few good deeds, every good deed. Now, this is what I want to do. I want to pass these out. And I didn't want you to have these until we talked about that debt portion. Will you help pass those out, please? So these, these slips, on this slip, it has a place for your name. You definitely do not have to fill this out. This is completely optional.
but I want to tell you what we're doing with this. We're going to make a little chart over here that has, of course, no names on it. But it says, the first thing here is debt that has already been paid off since we've been attending Boomerang and believing God. So in other words, we're giving, if the Lord's already been paying off some debt, we can give him some glory for what he's already done. We're not discounting that. Number two is personal or family debt that you want freedom from. Number three is business debt that you want freedom from. And number four is the personal income amount that you want to increase yearly. Okay? Now, here's what this is. I believe that whatever you put on here as far as debt goes, we are standing and agreeing with you for that to go to zero. Amen. So, in other words, if you want to be free from a debt, that's what you put on here. If you want to keep some, then don't write that on here. <laughs> and I want to say some stuff about that, but I'm not going to argue with you. You, you have a right to choose. But anything you put on here, anything you put on here, we're going to agree together as a family. Lord, you are not a Lord that believes in us being in debt. You are a Lord that believes us to be in abundance. And so we extend our faith. We don't bury our faith, Lord. We extend our faith. And as those debts start getting paid off, you'll update us on, hey, man, just two, this $2,000 uh, credit card just got paid off. And we're going to show that debt that just got paid off dropping, 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 dropping to nothing. Amen. And we're going to be a people that get on top of this little thing called finances and learn how to be in abundance in every good deed. Now this other one is the income amount that you want to increase yearly. Now here's, I want to give you a little instruction there. I don't want you to put your lifetime income amount, you know. I want to make $500 million a year. I don't want to see that amount. I want to see the next step. And this is, this is important. This is a part of God's system and not the world system. Don't just put what you want it to be. You, if you're married, you and your spouse... Go home, pray, and ask, all right, Lord, here's where we're at. What's the next level? What's your word that you want us to believe you for? What's the next step? What's, in other words, say you're making 50000 a year, and he says, I want you to believe me for 25000 more. So you will put on here uh, seventy five or an increase. This is the increase. So you would put twenty five. 25,000 increase on top of the income that you're making now, okay? And this is, when we see this, and you don't have to put your name on there, but it'll help us to keep track with what's going up and what's going down. So for you, we're agreeing. We'll have these on the board. We're going to show how the Lord increases us, and we're going to show how he decreases debt. And that'll be a testimony. And you, maybe yours isn't the one that's paid off first. But you can look at that board and continue to see, and we're going to celebrate God every time he plays off a new debt. Hallelujah. Man, if you got a paid-off bill, I want to see it. We'll shred it. We'll do something crazy. I don't, you know, we'll, we'll just turn it into confetti and blow it all over everybody and just praise God. I don't care. We're going to praise God because he is the one that gives us the power to get wealth. Here's the other thing. He says he gives us, he adds no sorrow to it. That's who God is. So that's what that is for. And so I believe whatever you put on here, that's what's going to happen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, let me give you an example of the abundance of God, and then we'll be done for today. Have you gotten something out of it? Amen. Good. Amen. So a few months ago, the Lord started putting, uh, I, was, I was in the middle of doing some fasting, and, uh, and in the middle of that fast, man, the Lord turned my prayer from just kind of a general prayer, and he turned my prayer this way. Yeah. And I started praying. Man, I was praying for you guys. I was lifting you up. And in the middle of that, that's when he dropped this on my heart for us to be as a body out of debt. And, and then in that, he started to give me a specific prayer. And I started praying a specific prayer, a specific prayer. And I, and I was like, amen. Well, I started praying that, and a little bit later, a little bit after that, all of a sudden, he said, he said, hey, on that prayer, I want you to make a phone call, and I want you to ask a question. I said, okay, and so I made a phone call, and I asked a question, 
And then about that time, uh, that question turned into something kind of nice. So when I did that, the, uh, what happened was the Lord provided and brought in the boomerang all of the funds that were needed for us to pay off and, and give somebody a vehicle. And so, and to just give away. Now, what I'm asking is, and what I'm saying is, does God believe in this? Yeah. See, when we learn how to get obedient, and so today, we're giving away a vehicle. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Isn't that cool? So, J.D., come get your keys. <laughs> There's a Buick Century sitting out there, and it is not brand new, but it is paid for. And it runs, and you didn't have one, and God loves you. Amen. And that's the reality. Amen. Can you praise God? Can you all praise God for that? Because see, that's life changing. And now you know the rest of why I was asking you. <laughs> but see, when you get obedient, and you know God as this kind of God, when you know Him as that, then all of a sudden he can move in ways that you don't expect. Here's what he told me to pray. I said, Lord, there's people in our church that they don't have a vehicle and they need a vehicle. I'm lifting them up right now. So he had me ask a question. That question turned into uh, talking to a couple other folks. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden the Lord brought in the finances to give it. No debt. Just give it. He'll do the same thing. But I didn't just pray for one vehicle. I prayed for two. I prayed for more. This is just the beginning. Rebecca? That's yours. We love you. That one's a Buick Regal sitting outside. No debt. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you believe the word. And that's just the beginning of it. And I don't know what your current situation is, you know, with your car. I have no idea. But I know you got one now that's paid for and it runs and it's comfortable and it's good. God is so good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God believes in this stuff. He works with his word, right? He loves people. It's one thing to just talk about. It's another thing when God works with them with his word, right? And that's just the beginning. Put the debt down. God wants to wipe it out. Amen? God wants to wipe it out. One of the things I want to tell you is if you, uh, let's say that we're moving forward and, you know, God blesses the seed that you sow. You plant, uh, a, you know, an apple seed, you get an apple tree. God's going to probably move on some of y'all. I want to give, all right, here's my tithes, but here's my offering. My offering over and above my tithes, I want to sow into somebody, paying off somebody's debt. If you do an offering like that, mark it as Jubilee. This is a Jubilee offering. Amen? And that we're going to apply that directly to somebody's debt. That's all it will be given to is to help pay off that debt. Amen? Amen. Listen, you know, there's one other thing. This just came up. It's Christmas. Man, and see, here's the thing. Maybe today you weren't the one that received the car, but... You know, what you learn how to do is you just go, man, I praise God for them because we're all in the same family. And if he loves them, he loves you. And the same thing he pours out, he, you're just in line. It's just a matter. God's pouring out his stuff. And see, by hearing this kind of word, all of a sudden you produce faith for that. 
this week something came up there was a family the man lost his job and we we didn't have somebody but we felt like this was the one I prayed over it quickly there's a family it's a two girls and they the man lost his job and they need they needed some stuff for them for Christmas they didn't ask for a bunch of iPods and everything else if you want to get them something like that then get them that too but it's two girls 114 and 117 we got a couple of pairs of shoes uh, some shirts, pants, and coat. That's all they asked for. They actually asked for like one of each. I put on more than that. And then I feel like we're gonna, we're supposed to, as a church, maybe give them a couple of gift cards to J.C. Penney or something, where they can go and pick something out themselves. Uh, if you feel like getting more, but let's fulfill this list. If you want to get one or more, let's do them evenly. Make sure. So, in other words, don't get all just the first girl and not get the second girl. But if you want to, here's what we need. We don't want to. We don't want to give them. We're giving on behalf of Christ. Okay. So we want to go. Let's purchase something new, something nice, the way that Christ would give. He He believes in abundance. Let's bring it back. It has to be here by Wednesday so we can get it to them. So you can bring it to the church anytime, but it has to be here by Wednesday night. Um, so if you can wrap it, great. If you can't, go ahead and bring it. We'll get it wrapped, okay? But we want to bring it, and let's fill out this list. I'm going to let uh, uh, Chris, are you going to be at the back to help? All right. Just we'll make sure that sign up for that. And let's give because God's system is a system of giving. And it's a system of faith, too. One thing that I can tell you about these two is they've been believing God for some stuff. I can tell you that because we prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed and they believed when it didn't look like stuff was happening and they believed and that's part of what y'all have done and as you've stood. Amen. And, and look, you need to tell people. You need to tell people. Let me tell you what Jesus did today at my church. Now look, your church didn't do it. Jesus did it through the church. Let me tell you what Jesus did today at my church. And when you see something on Facebook, some good news, something that the church is doing, don't just like it. Share it. Share it. I've been wanting to say that for a while. Share it. Your friends need to hear the good things that God is doing. I told you it was going to be a good day. <laughs> I told you it was going to be good. Father, you can't drive them. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a tag on them and everything. But that's all set up and those... Fees are paid to it. Cost you nothing. You just have to go by and get it, okay? And I'll tell you more about that. But you can go crank them up. Just don't pull them out. Amen. I don't want to call the cops on you after you get such a blessing. You know. Amen. Father, we thank you. You are an abundant, loving, full of grace, full of mercy God. Lord, you do not desire that we are in debt and a servant to anybody but you. Lord, we give ourselves and we humble ourselves to you and we praise you for it and we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.